Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special Shield Kapadia pinch potting for Chris Ryan on the Sixers show this week with Raheem Palmer. We just watched the Sixers beat the Bulls 116-91. But Raheem, you knew they weren't just gonna, you know, keep playing good ball and quietly just get into the playoffs, drama free, get ready for that first round series. You knew we were gonna have at least a little bit of drama down the stretch. And we got that tonight. We'll get to all of it. Embiid, Harden, what's ahead? The actual game, the good things that happened in the game. Raheem, how are you feeling this evening? <sighs> I mean, it's bittersweet, obviously. I mean, when you have the when you play the type of games that the Sixers play, I mean, at one point they were up twenty three to one, um, and they showed a you know bounce back fight. But then, of course. You lose Joel Embiid with a calf injury, and you know that kind of just you know puts a damper on everything. Especially you know we're this close to the playoffs, we're in the home stretch of the NBA season. This is the time where you know you need us to be healthy because we've been injured going into the postseason the last two years. So yeah. you know that kind of you know put a damper on things. Yeah, it's uh, I, I think when we were on me, you and Chris talking just last week, it was like just get those three guys. Maxie Harden and Embiid healthy. Anything else, let the chips fall where they may. Seeding doesn't matter. Have to play the Celtics, the Bucks. It doesn't matter. Just let's see what it looks like with those three guys healthy. And listen, we still got 10 games. Let, let, maybe they will uh, be healthy for the start of the playoffs. But it was a weird night tonight, Raheem. You, you're watching the game, and the second half begins, and Paul Reed is on the court. And you're going, wait, why, why is Paul Reed with the starters right now and the broadcast just you know says all right Paul Reed's in in for Embiid they don't mention anything about why uh Embiid's out of there and then finally they do and they say you know what um Sixers were up so big they were up what 28 points at halftime 26 points at halftime that they just decided to rest 
Embiid, Raheem, I've been watching basketball for, I don't know, most, most of my life, what, 30, 34, 35 years at this point, once I could actually decide what's going on on the TV. I never saw a guy just sit out uh, an entire second half because the coach felt like the lead was insurmountable. So we obviously knew something was up then, and then we find out after the game, mild uh, calf injury for Joel Embiid. Doc Rivers says, not concerned, not at all, really. Uh, felt like they could hold the lead. You hear calf and you say, that's it. You're precautionary. You're being very cautious with it. Very mild, Doc Rivers said. He said they got to go four hours in the in the air to Golden State. It was the right thing to do, but he expects MB to play in Golden State on Friday. I just threw a lot at you, but listen, there's always going to be a little mystery, little intrigue with the, these injuries. You read between the lines as well as anyone. How are you feeling about all that? What were you thinking as this unfolded tonight? Um, When they say a mild calf strain, I believe them. But I mean, of course, you know, like as Doc said in the press conference, anything involving a calf and it's immediate shutdown because, um, you know, I'm not going to say I'm an expert when it comes to calves, but, you know, last year I actually tore my calf. Um, really? Yeah, I was in the gym. I had uh, like a grade three calf strain um, tear. I mean, it was a complete tear, honestly. So, um. Like, I literally, like, when I tore it, I thought it was the Achilles. And, you know, with the big guy, um, I mean, we seen Carl Anthony Towns. He had a calf injury, and he missed almost two months. So, I mean, that's how serious these calf injuries are. So, when you see a calf injury, you immediately just, especially this close to the playoffs with your, your franchise player who, you know, has had trouble staying healthy, I think you immediately shut it down. So, when he says mild, I, I, I actually believe him. And I just think they're being um, cautious, um, as they should. Yeah, I think that is believable. I mean, there's a video circulating. I think John Clark posted it on Twitter where uh, Embiid is kind of holding his calf. Now, that was with 2.22 left in the first quarter, and we saw Embiid come back in the game in the second quarter. So we don't know for sure that that's when he injured injured the calf, but uh, he was playing in the second quarter. He was like point Embiid tonight, just like, you know, run, running the lead in the break, and, you know, he, he was really uh, having fun with it, but then he doesn't come back out in the third quarter. So I don't know what else there is to say about it other than it's wait and see mode. I mean, you know, like you mentioned, Doc Rivers said specifically, anytime it's a calf, specifically with a guy this big, you're going to be cautious about it. But then he also mentioned, you know, we've got this long flight coming up to Golden State. And then, by the way, you've got a back-to-back Friday and Saturday, or and you got three and four nights, uh, three and four nights here coming up on this road trip. So I have no idea whether he's actually going to play Friday, whether he'll... I mean, it would at this point probably be a little surprising if he plays the back to back. Maybe you try to if he's fine, he plays Friday and he comes back and plays against the Nuggets uh, on Monday. I mean, just what is your gut on how much uh, of Embiid we're going to see during the next three games as they close out this road trip? Um, I think we will see him against the Nuggets. I, I think that's, you know. He'll like, want to be out as, there for that, yeah. Yeah, as Chris Ryan said, that is the Super Bowl. So I think we will see him against the Nuggets. But, I mean, I think the, the one thing that you have to notice is that when it comes to, I mean, we're on a West Coast road trip. These are the least important games for the rest of the season, as, yeah. as, as crazy as that sounds. Um, um after the West Coast road trip, um, you do we do come home and face the Mavericks, but we got the Raptors, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Heat, the the Hawks, and the Nets, all Eastern Conference teams. Those are the games that you know we really need to win, specifically against the Boston Celtics, specifically you know against the teams that we should beat up on. So, 
I'm guessing that we will see one of either Harden and Embiid on Friday. Um, and then probably the other one, the one who didn't play will probably play Saturday. I think they'll stagger them. At least that's what I hope they would do. Um, they did say Harden would be back on Saturday, on Friday. So um, I just think we're going to be we're going to be cautious to the end of the year. Yeah, Doc said with Harden that he thinks he expects him to play Friday, but it's not guaranteed. So he's kind of leaving the door open uh, to go either way, but also indicating that, no, he hasn't been ruled out for Friday. He hasn't been ruled out for this road trip. So it'll just be Friday. We'll, we'll see what happens and we'll see who's on the court or we'll see if they announce it uh, a few hours before the game. So uh, it was, it was a strange one. Cause yeah, I'm watching it going hard on pitch, pinch potting here uh, for Chris. What are we going to talk about? And then they go up 23-1, and I'm going, all right, it's kind of a snoozer of a game. Let me brainstorm some bigger picture topics. And then all of a sudden, every Sixers fan is panicking in the third quarter because really there wasn't a lot of communication via the broadcast, via anything else. And remember, when they first announced something through the team, it wasn't the calf. It was, he's just, you know, they have a big lead. That's why he's not in there. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm seeing this video from John Clark. And the next thing you know, yes, calf tightness. That's why he's out. So I don't know what was going on with the communication there. It certainly led to some panic uh, among Sixers fans. And it could be justified panic. It might be not justified panic. He might be out there Friday and he might go 35 and 15 and they beat the Warriors in Golden State. And we're all saying, all right, thank, you know, thank goodness that wasn't anything more serious. So we'll just have to see about that. All right, let's get into the game a little bit. I mean, there was a game played. They won 116 to 91. They come out, you know, you, if you went to get a drink and came back, they were up 17-0, 23-1. I think the Bulls cut it to 12, I want to say, uh, at one point. But I, I don't think they ever got it back uh, in single digits, really, once the Eagles, uh, I mean, once the Sixers went up there. <laughs> see, old habits, man. A lot, 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 uh, lot of Eagles pods here. Uh, so once the Sixers took that lead, it never got back down to single digits. Uh, what did you see from them tonight? Obviously, Melton, Maxi, Tobias Harris, they had to rely on kind of a different cast of characters with James Harden uh, not in there, McDaniel not in there, and then Embiid not in there in the second half. What, what, what stood out with them for you tonight? Um, I think the biggest thing is that, I mean, this team shot the three ball well. I mean, like when you look yeah. at that first game, they really struggled to shoot the ball. I think in the first game, what were they um, – what were they 10 of 36 for 27 percent they actually made more threes in the first quarter than they did the whole game so i mean we were on fire from behind the arc you know 16 to 37 and i mean this is kind of what i expected in the first game to be honest with you um but it was like very like reminiscent of what we saw last week against miami um they come out flat in the first home game against miami offensively and in the second game they absolutely put it on miami so uh, it, it's just you know sometimes your offense doesn't show up and i think if there's one thing i could say about this two game duplex series is that our defense really showed up the entire time and we really yeah. put the pressure on them tonight i mean you had like as doc said in the presser you know tyrese maxi picking them up full court so um they just i mean they really couldn't get much going offensively so i mean what, what do you have with the with the Bulls tonight, they just had a 96 offensive rating. So, I mean, we do have an elite half court um, defense. Um, and I think that's the one thing that we've seen all year. And when you can stop teams from getting out in transition, I mean, th this team is scary. 
Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. I mean, they were on such a run offensively until that last Bulls game, and then that was one of their worst offensive performances of the season. And you're going, all right, is this the just one bad game, or is this going to actually lead to something? And it didn't lead to anything. I mean, they bounced right back and play a terrific uh, offensive game. You mentioned it just in the second quarter when I'm watching it. Just you're just like, yeah, they really can shoot the ball. I mean, they've got guys. It's, it's not always the same guy every night. There are sometimes one guy slumping. So Someone else has to step up, but like they've got enough options where you feel good about someone being able to hit some threes uh, on any given night. And the ball was moving in the first half. I mean, Embiid had seven assists in the first half. I think they assisted on 23 of 26 baskets. They shot 62% in the first half. And so uh, that's how you want to see a team respond after you lose a double overtime game that you say, all right, you really, you know, that's a game you probably should win. Uh, I think they were only what one and a half point favorites tonight. So it's not like they were heavy favorites uh, on the road against this Bulls team and they just come out and they take care of business so uh, they've just been on a tear I mean you hear all these stats since December 1st since January 1st I mean they've just been a really good team this year and certainly once Harden and Maxi uh, came back healthy they've gotten there as well so you're right about the defense I mean the defense I think last time we talked, it was, is this more of an offensive team? And do, do they need the de- how much do they need the defense? But uh, the defense has certainly played well here uh, in the last two games. All right, let's take a, a quick break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit more about James Harden. I want to look ahead uh, a little bit to what's coming for the Sixers. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. Anything else from this game? I, mean, I thought Melton, you know, specifically played pretty well tonight. Anything else stand out to you that you wanted to get to before we move on to Harden? Uh, um, definitely P.J. Tucker. Um, I mean, you felt his presence defensively tonight, I mean, in a huge way. Obviously, we didn't have him Monday. Um, offensively, I mean, he's still... I mean, he's not he's not adding that much, but I mean, I think you can feel his presence defensively when he's on the court. So um, I just want to give a big shout out to PJ Tucker because um, he's been kicked. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, he's somebody who in the playoffs were like, that's that's why you got him. You got him for the big games. I feel like 
his presence is being felt more and more uh, in these games as you get uh, later in the season there. So the role players are nice. I mean, it feels like most of these nights you're talking about a couple role players playing well or stepping up. Obviously, you have the big three, as you, you've alluded to on previous pods, but the role players have been huge. All right. Let's get to Harden because this is this is the other entry. You know, we really could have led with this right alongside MB, but uh, Harden had the sore Achilles, I think it was being termed. Missed this game, as we said, expected to play Friday, but not guaranteed. Uh, had probably his worst game of the season in that double overtime loss uh, to the Bulls earlier this week. Two for 14, 0 for 6 from 3. Five turnovers. I mean, it was just clear he didn't have it. He, he's played so well for them this season, and he, he did not show up uh, for them in that game. So uh, I probably should have put, asked you to put a number on the Embiid injury. Let's do that now. The, the Embiid injury, when you just look, whether it's the stretch run, the playoffs, or whatever, 10 being, oh my God, this is a complete disaster. The Sixers are done. One being, don't worry about it. It's all good. W- what's your number on the Embiid injury? And then I'm going to ask you the same thing about Harden. Um, I'm going to put this at a, a, a three and three for Embiid. Okay. And the only reason why I'm put, I, I would probably put it as like a one, but MB has like the injury history. I, I'm just, the fact that he came back, I mean, you saw him soar in the first quarter and you saw him come back in the second quarter. It tells me that if this was, were the playoffs or this were earlier on in the season, he would likely be playing. He probably would have played through it. But I think now they're just being cautious. I, I, I kind of really trust Doc on this. So, um, it just feels like this is not a serious thing. I think I'm with you. Yeah, I think I would go three or four. Mm. Honestly, I think the messaging is what threw me off. If they would have just come out right away and said, you know what, he's got a little bit of a sore calf. He's just he's just going to uh, rest it here. They're up by 26. You would have said, all right, no big deal. It was just kind of the way. Why is there mystery uh, around a sore calf? You know what I mean? You know, like, did you bit, watch the ESPN broadcast or did you watch? The I, I was watching part? the. I was watching the local. Yeah. Did were you watching? Was it? Yeah, I, I'm watching ESPN? ESPN, but you know what it is. I had it on mute. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So yeah. it's just like I, I think I, I kind of missed a little bit, a little bit of what you know what they could have possibly said so yeah no it was with the beat writers too i mean they were checking in on it and just mm-hmm. like the tweets and stuff were all the same thing that it's just it's because they have a big lead but uh, i i tend to agree with you he came back he played it's a calf injury you you have the option to be really cautious with it i mean you don't want him to miss like the rest of the road trip but if you needed yeah. to do that like you mentioned that's not like the end of the world you know what i mean uh you want him healthy for the playoffs so i'm with you there now where are you with the Harden uh, injury here. Obviously, don't know if he's going to play this weekend on a scale of one to ten. Are you in a similar spot or uh, more or less concerned? Um, this one's tough, just because. I mean, we don't have that much. Like, we don't have that much yeah. information about it. Um, the one thing I will say is that Harden continued to play through the double overtime. Um, and he didn't look good. He wasn't aggressive, and I couldn't figure out why. You know. He just wasn't looking for his, his shot at all. So it was like it was clear that something was wrong. And then, you know, we saw after the game, you know, you pulled up clips from the first half where you could see he got a little banged up. But the fact that Doc says that he could be potentially ready by Friday, I'm going to put this one at about, but he doesn't know for sure. I'm going to put this one at about a five. I, I think this is, this is kind of scary because I just think James Harden is like, Embiid is our best player. But I think James Harden might be our most important. And I say that because in the postseason, you know, you can deny a center the ball. But James Harden is our our best playmaker. 
and he's he's our best playmaker and he's going to need to score the ball. So he's going to need to shoulder. He's not shouldering the load that Embiid is doing in terms of scoring and defense, but Harden's going to have to have the ball in his hands. So I'm concerned. Um, I'm going to put this at a five. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, just because we saw, I mean, I don't know how much the hamstring injury had to do with how he played like, you know, last year or whatever, but we kind of saw what that looked like and it wasn't good. And then this year, it's just been so nice to see. The, I mean, he, he's been fantastic for them uh, this year. There's no doubt about it. He's exceeded any expectation anyone could have had for him for how he was going to play. And so it would be a real shame if we're talking about a second round playoff exit. And part of the reason why is because, man, James Harden, you know, injured, uh, injured the Achilles late in the season in March and you're right he played for that. that was that was a little weird I mean I don't know when they knew about the injury but you're in looking back on it like what did he play 47 minutes or something like shoot did you did we need to be playing Chase Harden 47 minutes if he was injured somewhere in there I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah at some point we got to ask what's going on with the coaching staff with the with the medical staff if yeah I mean, like everybody has analytics departments. We're always talking about load management. We're always talking about, you know, player safety and keeping these guys healthy. And we have our two-star players get injured and they continue to play. So, I mean, what's going on? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we're pointing to that as a positive with Embiid, but they really could have been even more cautious. I mean, he's, he's grabbing the calf and, and going to the sideline. Right there, you could have just shut it down and said, all right, uh, you're good for the night, uh, win or lose here. They didn't do that. Uh, but yeah, James Harden played 47 minutes in that double overtime game on Monday, which is wild. And I'm just looking at the box score, 47 minutes, and uh, was very clearly injured. So we'll see. We'll see what he looks like. I mean, again, you just... Like, even if they're stay the three seed, it's all good. Just get those guys healthy for the postseason run. But man, they've been, I was just looking at kind of, I like the cleaning the glass when you can just look at kind of the game log and see the different, uh, you know, points per possession, the, the percentiles. They had 10 straight above average offensive games uh, before that game on Monday against the Bulls. That was the first time all season. I think they were 65th percentile. And this is, this is compared to league wide 65th percentile or higher for 10 straight games. Like that is uh, an impressive stretch. And now they get right back to it tonight here. It's 11 out of 12 games. And, I'm with you on the hard and playmaking because like you watch that game tonight and yeah, they were in full control. There were, if that were a tighter game, like if the bulls were scoring a little bit more or hitting some shots, there were probably would have been some more possessions where you're, you know, maxi, there were times where I was like, all right, maxi's try taking some high degree of difficulty shots here. The shot clock is winding down to one or zero, you know, Niang hits the one uh, three pointer, but uh, it certainly doesn't, work as well or is not as uh, orchestrated or feels like there's a, a uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for not a a format but you know what I'm saying like a direction there's uh you can you can see it out there with Harden so it definitely looks different with Maxi right like he can handle it for stretches but you need Harden out there if it's gonna function the way it's functioned for the last 10 games in the last few months oh yeah without a doubt I mean but I think you know the fortunate thing is that you know when Harden's not out there Tobias can slide into a more natural role for him. I mean, we've, we've spoken at length about this, but Tobias Harris is really overqualified for the role that he's in. He's more suited to being, you know, a guy who can isolate and, and, and get his own shot. And, you know, he's kind of regulated to being a spot-up shooter when James Harden is out there. Um, now, of course, you have other guys like P.J. Tucker or, you know, or Daniel House who kind of are dependent on James Harden. But, you know, a guy like Tobias Harris, he can he can go out there and get his own shot. So um, that's the beauty of how deep this, this role 
roster is. Um, I think we saw in the first game, Tyrese was asked to do a little bit too much down the stretch, and you saw him forcing shots. Um, yeah. I think he kind of got away from that tonight, which was a good thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about. It. I mean, they were running. It reminded me of like the the '90s Sixers with the Bulls for with the Bulls with Tobias at points tonight. They're just like post up Tobias. All right, kick it out, pull, repost. I'm like, oh, I I feel like I'm watching when I was like seven years old watching these uh, Sixers teams. But um, yeah, no, no doubt about it. He was right there. Structure was the word I was looking for. There's a more more of a structure. It feels like when Harden's in there with his playmaking, with his decision making. So uh, we'll see if he is back. This weekend, all right. They've they've won seven in, in a row on the road, Raheem. I mean, they you know they had won eight straight. Now they've won what nine to ten, nine and one in their last ten games. This upcoming stretch: Warriors on Friday, Suns on Saturday in a back to back, Nuggets on Monday. I mean, they've only got ten games left. They've still got Milwaukee and Boston. Now this kind of goes against what we've talked about so far because we've been like just keep them healthy playoffs at the same time you're what a game back of the Celtics right now and you still get to play the Celtics like how big of a carrot is that dangling where you're saying man I would feel differently about this team if they were the two seed and potentially had Boston at home uh, for that second round series versus you have to go to Boston in the second round is that like a huge difference for you in your opinion of whether they can get by them or not really um, you know, it's so interesting. There's only like seven teams in the NBA with winning road records. And <laughs> they're the Sixers, the Celtics, the Kings, the Bucks, the Knicks, the Nets, and the Clippers. I mean, these teams are uh-huh. teams are just not winning on the road this season. And particularly in the West, where, you know, the Kings are the only team with the uh, winning record on the road. And, you know, a lot of these teams don't have positive net ratings on the road either. So it's I think home court is really gonna matter this year. Uh and it would be, not, I mean, the Celtics are experienced. They've been to multiple Eastern Conference Finals with this core. They've coming off the NBA Finals. I do think home court is going to matter a little bit, even though, you know, the Celtics, they, I, I think they've proven that they kind of, they can kind of beat you anywhere, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Celtics are 26 and nine at home, which is, man, that that's tough. 24 and 14 on the road. Hey, Sixers have a fantastic road record now. 23 and 12 uh, on the road, 26 and 11 at home. Like I said, they're a half a game back uh, of the Celtics. Now, if it's tied, Celtics are obviously going to get the tiebreaker. So it's, uh, you know, it's really more than just half a game. But like you get to play them once more. So you get to pick up a game uh, if you win that one. So we'll see if they get up there to the two seed or whether they settle in there at the three seed. Uh, you are our, uh, you know, gambling man, odds. You you know all this. I was just looking at the odds today. Sixers are plus 480 to make the finals, which equates to, I believe, with the, and, and you might have more information on this, but I just like looking at like the implied odds calculators that are available online. So I think that equates to like a 17.2% chance to get this, to get to the finals, not to win the championship. They're behind the Bucks and the Celtics. Uh, just as someone who runs models and looks at all this stuff and likes looking at the analytics, does that feel right to you, seem right to you, plus 480, 17.2%, or do you feel like you like them better uh, or worse than that to get to the finals? Well, I mean, 538 actually has the Sixers at 28% chance really? to make the final. Yeah. Okay. And that's what they have them at. I mean, and me personally, honestly, I just, when I look at this Sixers team, 
I think they're a legit contender. Um, yeah. And the only roadblock to me is the Boston Celtics. Um, I actually think that they would probably be favorites over anybody else except for the Bucks or the Celtics. Um, and then I think the, the, the Bucks series, they're probably short underdogs. So to me, like, I, I kind of, I think the 17% is a little bit low. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... uh. That's even come down. Like I think I looked last week, and it was they were worse than plus four eighty, right? Like that's that that those odds have improved. I think uh, in the last week or so, I'm with you. Listen, this team. I, I know we've talked about the the injuries and you know the the panic level, but just if we just zoom out, this team has just felt different this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been more resilient. They have more options. They are the best shooting three-point team in the NBA. They are the best shooting free throw team, uh, free throw percentage team in the NBA. They've got multiple playmakers in Harden and Maxi. They've got the MVP favorite now in Embiid. Like, yeah, so you, you listen to like some other people talk about when a team plays the Sixers and it's like they had no answer for Embiid. I mean, I would ask you, like, what team has an answer for him. I mean, I, I don't know that there is one. Is there a team out there that you say, I mean, is it the Celtics where you say, all right, they can match up well with Embiid or even with that? Is it just kind of, they can take away the other stuff. They can score on you probably. Uh, and it's not really Embiid related. Um, I don't think anybody has an answer for Embiid at this point. Um, yeah. You know, I think in the past you could say, you know, Al Horford, was the guy who can kind of slow up Embiid. But I just don't see it this year. I mean, this year against the Celtics, Embiid's averaging 31 points and 11 rebounds and three assists. Um, So it's just, I'm just not seeing it. And then even when you look at him against the Bucs, I mean, the Bucs do have two, they have have two guys that they can throw at Embiid. I mean, you have Brooke Lopez and you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, but... You know, outside of the first game against the season, he's put up 32 and 31 points. And then obviously he he hit the pretty much the game winning three against the Bucks <laughs> in the last time they played on that Saturday night night game. So yeah. I just don't see anybody slowing slowing down MB individually. I think the issue is gonna be can we can we get stops? That that's my biggest issue with the Sixers is can we get stops for other teams? Can we stop other teams from getting out in transition? Because I know Embiid is gonna he's gonna bring his 30, 30 points per game. Yeah, he's he's gonna bring that, and I feel like the defense has stepped up a little bit. You know, there's only so much one man uh, can do throughout the course of a game. So I feel like there have been times this year where you watch it and say, all right, Embiid's not the same defensively as maybe he has been in previous years, but even it feels like that has uh, ramped up a little bit here, and that it feels like that can be something you can count on here uh, for the playoffs. Right now on FanDuel, minus 150 to win MVP for those who are still keeping track uh, of that, which is probably many of you. Uh, Jokic is plus 230, and Giannis is plus 270. The one thing I can say is that you almost have to wonder if – this calf injury hurts Joel's chances down the stretch because it seems as though Joel has taken the lead. But for large parts of the season, Jokic was the, I mean, he was seen as the guy. Um, what do you think? Do you think, do you see if, you know, if, if Joel can't finish the season strong, Jokic is still alive. <laughs> He's still alive. Listen, we saw the, the swings, like you mentioned. I mean, 
it was what as recently as two weeks ago the, these were not the odds so a lot can happen in the course of 10 games I mean if it's a situation where Embiid is missing significant time which again it does not sound like that's what it's going to be but you never know you know you have a strained calf and then you go to shoot around on Friday and something happens and uh, all of a sudden you're missing time like we know that can happen so that that's not what we think is going to happen right now but it's possible and then the other thing is what you mentioned I mean these are high profile games coming up and so if you're not 100% and you're not playing as well and you're facing the Warriors and the Suns and the Nuggets and the Celtics and the Bucks, and you don't look like the guy you've looked like uh, for the entirety of the season and then you know Jokic finishes strong or even Giannis I mean I wouldn't count with the way the Bucks have been playing uh, you can't even rule him uh, out of this either I mean he's at plus 270 so you can't rule that out so yeah that would just be man that would be a dagger for Sixers fans <laughs> if it ended uh, that way you just want to see him healthy and uh and playing well. So, I, I mean, how do you feel about it, right? I, yeah, I, I don't think it's over, but, but by any means, there's still 10 games left. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, that's the first thing I thought of. And it just feels like this kind of happens every year with Joel Embiid, where it's like he, he he takes the lead, and he's in the home stretch, and then he suffers an injury. So I'm hoping it's, yeah. a, it's different this year, because I would, I would really like to see him finish the season strong. Seems like he's really taking the lead in, in terms of MVP, but he's just got to he's gotta finish out the season strong. I mean, it seems dumb to say, but there probably is a lot riding on that game Monday. I mean, if he's, you know, it, it's the two guys, they're going head to head. Embiid had the performance earlier this season. If he does it again, you know, and, and voters are saying, hey, it's close, uh, that, that's going to matter. And that's going to be a lasting impression uh, as well in that head to head matchup. I feel like there's a lot that the Sixers have to weigh. So let's, let's finish with this. Your boy, Glenn calls you up, you know, he says, Raheem, I've been a closet fan of your work for uh, a long time. I know you don't call me Doc, you call me Glenn, but it's all good. <laughs> you know, he says, he says, I got a lot to weigh here. You know, I want to get that two seat because, you know, as you uh, so eloquently put it on the wonderful Ringer Philly special pod, home court advantage is probably going to matter. So I, I want to get my guys out there and I want to get that two seat at the same time. I want these guys to be healthy uh, for the playoffs. Joel, James Harden, what do, what do I do here? How, how cautious should I be? And, you know, he tells you, hey, both these guys could play, but they're like not 100%. You know, they're probably somewhere in like that 80, 85% range. And so they can play in these games at the same time. A little extra rest would never hurt before the postseason. Glenn says, Raheem, give me some guidance here, my friend. What should I do? I think you have to prioritize health. I think that's that's the bottom line. We've been hurt last two seasons going into the postseason. This is a, a critical year. I mean, obviously, James Harden is a free agent. I'm kind of looking at this like the last dance with this crew. Um, we've heard some some rumors about James Harden wanting to go back to Houston. Yeah. If we don't get it done now, I mean, it's now or never. And, you know, in today's NBA, it's not like the days where, you know, you had a, a guy under a seven-year contract and they're just willing to play out the deal. Um, things are a lot different. Things move a lot faster. Um, you know, there's been rumors out there that Joel Embiid might want to go somewhere else. And I, I think a lot is going to be based on how we do in the postseason. So you want to prioritize health, give ourselves a best, the best chance to go into the playoffs with the chance to win. Um, and we don't have a chance to win if we're not healthy. So I think, you know, whether we finish in the two or the three, I just want to be healthy. 
I agree. One, 100%. Especially this version of this mm-hmm. team where it feels different. It feels like that ceiling is higher than it's been maybe uh, in previous years. Like you said, who knows what next year looks like. I mean, even if Harden's back, Harden's another year older. Inj- injuries happen. P.J. Tucker's another uh, another year older. And Beat has been healthy this season. I mean, this you know mild calf strain aside, he's been healthy this season. Has looked great this season. Is playing better than he ever has before. He's a different version uh, of the player we've seen. He's come up with answers uh, for how to score, how to be even more efficient uh, offensively. So yeah, I'm there too. I mean, listen, if you have to go to uh, to go to Boston, and Boston is going to have the home court in the second round. I know we're we're looking ahead here, but so be it. You know, I, I think you have the talent. You're not going to be favored in that series, but you have the talent to be able to pull off the upset. It's not going to be like some of these previous years where if you're a Sixers fan, you go in with dread, expecting worst case scenario. Like I do think you're going to have a different mindset uh, going into these playoff series as long as those three guys are are healthy. So I think you gave Glenn uh, some good advice there. Let's see how he handles it. Listen, it's going to be a fun Friday to Monday for for this team. You know, we'll we'll see. We'll learn a lot about who's healthy. Who's injured? If they're playing, how healthy are they? Are they 100%? I mean, if they just come out, can you imagine if Embiid and Harden both play Friday and they go to Golden State, who has been great at home, and beat the Warriors? Then you're, you know, you're you're on cloud nine if you're a Sixers fan. And of course, there's the other side of that, which I don't even need to mention. You can use uh, your imagination. So uh, Chris will be back with Raheem next week. To talk about it, I'm going to keep rotating in, jumping in uh, on some Sixers talk. Cliff and I are going to be back in like 11 hours to do a Phillies preview. They're opening the season uh, a week from a week from probably when you listen to this. It's it's going to be Phillies uh, opening their season as well. So, Raheem, any any closing thoughts? Did I miss anything? I'm not as good of a host as Chris. I've listened to Chris. Nah, it's, it's all good. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I mean, I think I think you're you're just as good as Chris, um, and that's no slight to Chris. I think you know everybody here at the Ringer Network is extremely talented, um, and it's just a pleasure to work with everybody. So, um, you know, I'm I'm excited for the Philly season, though. Um, yeah, I I have some thoughts. Um, yeah, they're not the best. They're not the best thoughts. Um, okay, but but I have some thoughts. Um, I'm, I have more excitement, but it's just like it's just tough for me, just because I think. Unfortunately, I think the Braves are the team to beat in the National League East. Um, I just wish we I wish we had Harper um, healthy for the whole season. I think that's the the one thing that's kind of scaring me. Um, I'm waiting. I think we're going to go on a run in the second half of the season. I think I'm looking for a price on the Phillies. Like I'm, I'm expecting kind of like a run like we had last year, where it's just like we're gonna we're gonna get into the wild card and. I think will be scary. It's uh, it's what the market suggests. I mean, they're they're third in the NL East at plus three forty. The Braves are plus one hundred. The Mets are plus one seventy. So, uh, you know, the the markets do not disagree with you there, and it could certainly play out the the way you said. I do think. This is going to be like, and we'll get more uh, into this in the next episode. I think it's just going to be a fun season where you're just 
you know, yeah. one of those kind of night in and night out. You're excited to watch this this team. Now you know the players a little bit more. You feel a connection with them because of how last year uh, ended there. They go, they get Trey Turner. So I think it's going to be an exciting, uh, fun season. You're right, though. I, it's not going to be one where they're running away with the NL East uh, from start to finish. At least I don't think it's going to be uh, one of those seasons. So we'll see. I'm excited. What a, what a time. What, what a year to launch the Ringers Philly special. Eagles go uh, to the Super Bowl. Phillies go to the World Series. We get a fun Sixers team here. Uh, it, it's going to be action with everybody here uh, next week. So we will continue. You know what's so funny? I, I didn't realize this, but it's just like the Philadelphia Union, the soccer team, they, were they the went finals. to the championship too. Yeah. And then you, you, nobody's talking about this, but the USFL launched last year. <laughs> and like we're not, they're not playing any games at home. But the Philadelphia team went to the championship and lost to the championship too. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't even know that. The Union, yeah. I knew. The Union, I went to a game and the Union, I watched the the, the finals. Uh, the championship game was awesome against uh, LA, but I, I didn't even know that about the uh, US. Yeah, it's the, team. the Philadelphia Stars. They went to the championship as well. Okay. Like nobody's mentioning them. I mean, I guess, yeah. you know, the USFL is just one of those sports. Like it, there's so many football leagues now. There's UFS, uh, USFL, there's XFL, like. <laughs> I think the NFL is going to have to buy one of these leagues and just make it a legit minor league. Yeah. I mean, listen, all due respect to everybody who plays in those. And if you watch it, more <laughs> power to you. Once the Super Bowl's over, I'm like, all right, I'm good till so I'll see everyone. Uh, yeah, same here. I, I don't need to be watching more games in, in uh, March and April. So hopefully those leagues can last. I know it's good for the players uh, and, and some people really like it. But yeah, I'm not, I wasn't grinding the USFL uh, tape. So don't, don't get on us about not having to. <laughs> if, if we have a Philadelphia Stars weekly show. I'll tell you who's hosting it. It's the man I'm talking to right now, Raheem, because he's the only. Oh, it, one it would not be me. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be me. But I, I, I say that to say that I, I just hope that you know there's just Philadelphia magic in the hair. But all these teams going to the championship, we gotta get. We got to get one, and I'm hope and I'm hoping it's the Sixers. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be exciting. We're going to have NBA playoffs. We're going to have Philly season. We're going to have NFL draft all in the month ahead. All right, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Raheem. Thanks to Cliff Augustine, our ace producer. We'll be back soon on this feed. Thank you for listening to the Ringers Philly special. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.